you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks, the 10 Takeaways Podcast with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and a true gamer who is powering through an uber-induced thumb injury, Rhett Lewis. Wow. Oh, yeah, we're back. It, uh, is, uh, it is DJ. Bucky's going to join us shortly, and apparently somebody who can't safely get in and out of an Uber. Now, what the heck are you doing, Rhett? <laughs> Where, where did we get this information from we're is scouts. what I want to know. We're scouts. Oh, my we're goodness. We're scouts. We know how to dig on background um, information. What did you do? Well, the guy rolled up my thumb in the window as I was, <laughs> as I was opening the door. <laughs> like, he, I mean, and then he thought I was kidding when I was yelling. So he, he just left it there. And so, like, I had to, like, reach through with my other hand and roll it down myself. I still can't feel my thumb. Now, you know, I'm in better shape than That's Drew terrible. Brees is right now. Than Drew Brees. Yeah. It's going to lead us right into the, uh, the top of the show here. Uh, but by the way, we've got our takeaways coming up. Uh, Bucky's going to join us in a little bit uh, via uh, Trees Traveling. So he's coming in, driving in. So we're going to get a couple takeaways from him uh, here in a little bit. A lot to get to talking about these games and our big takeaways. But uh, before we get to those takeaways, and now that we've uh, solved the mystery of how you got hurt in an Uber, um, the big, the big news, obviously, Drew Brees with the thumb. Looks like uh, surgery. Talking, I guess, timeline so far. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw Chris Mortensen uh, save six weeks, I guess, is what they're yeah, saying. Yeah, rap sheet then, uh, as we well. Yep. Big Ben with an elbow. Yeah, Big Ben with an elbow uh, injury to see. Uh, he has a decision to make today, I guess, uh, whether or not he's going to have surgery. So uh, pretty significant, I would say, with those two guys. Uh, huge. And, look, I, I watched uh, really – kind of from beginning to end on the Saints-Rams game. It was obviously one of the more compelling matchups of the day coming in. And, I mean, just seeing that for Drew, I mean, like he was, you know, obviously just so visibly distraught. Like he didn't know what to do with himself on the sideline. You know, a guy who's only missed mm -hmm. one game in 13 years with the Saints. Uh, so, look, that, that one to me is a little more disturbing because of, well, you know, just how much they rely on Drew Brees. Whereas you saw Mason oh, yeah. Rudolph come in and played pretty well. For the Steelers, I mean, the interception was oh, was all oh, on Dante e Moncrief. If you're easy, asking me, easy. Come on, easy. Was you a flea flicker? It? How how many yards were the flea flicker? Uh, well, it's what it is. You know, threw a nice threw a nice touchdown pass too. <laughs> so come on, come on. All right. Well, hey, he's going to get his opportunity. Yeah. Uh, look, I, Mason Rudolph's easy to root for. He's such a good dude. So. Yeah. Um, I'm anxious to see what he does. Hey, now he's going to get a chance. It looks like potentially for a while. And, and then just sorry, just back on Breeze here, real quick. Look, if I'm if I'm Sean Payton, and you know, all due respect to Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm considering Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom to Hill, this, this offense, thing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I no would, doubt. And they've got a defense. Yeah, they've got a defense that can keep you in games. So to me, I think you morph. Uh, to me, I, it's not the same. It's not the same thing. But I think you go back and look at. Uh, I think it was Adam Gase, right, when he was with Denver, when uh, when you had the little Tebow run there. Yeah. Um, and obviously completely altered the offense towards uh, towards Tebow. I, 
to me, I'd, that'd be tempting. I mean, Michael Thomas won't like it, but that would be something I would consider because you can just try and run the ball, play great defense, and hold down the fort till Breeze comes back. Right, and and so that look, the only problem, and look, it's not a it's not a true problem if you're going to say, hey, we we're going to roll with Taysom Hill, but look, the guy's a core special. He's on every special team, right? He's out there, so you got to figure that out too. And then he's he's still a big part of the offense outside of the fact. You know, if he wasn't playing quarterback, so then you got to kind of scrap that whole side of things, and then yeah, as you said, just completely remold what they want to do. But it, it might be worth it to, to kind of hold I know, serve. I know, Drew. And switching over to the Steelers, I know this is obviously we are very early on in the season, but yeah. man, this is, I know you've got the injury now, and you just look at kind of where this team is is situated. You're in that division. Baltimore is the only team that's two and zero. You've got Pittsburgh at zero and two. The Bengals at zero and two. The Browns right. uh, with a big game coming up against the Jets. They should win. You assume they'd be they'd be one and one. But it looks like Baltimore's got a chance to run away and hide inside this division. And uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I don't know if you could think of a worse start for this team. And when you look what they have coming up at the 49ers, who are two and zero and playing good football right now. Uh, the Bengals. Uh, at home, which is always a, a rivalry game there, which um, you know we'll see what happens there. Then they go Ravens at Chargers, so th- this could get away from the Steelers real quick, yeah. uh, especially with this uh, injury to Roethlisberger. Well, and the other thing we'll just have to keep monitoring is, I mean, I'm looking at 81 rushing yards for the Steelers in this one. Uh, you know, and yeah, <laughs> time of possession, enough. they got dominated in this game. Just 24 minutes of TOP mm-hmm. for the Steelers. I mean, you know, and, and again the. the the thing I was talking about for monitoring is, you know, the Mike Munchak effect. Is that still going to play a part, you know, as we mm-hmm. continue down this uh, down this season? So, um, yeah, man, they, they've got no, a tough true. stretch ahead. All right, let's jump into these yeah. takeaways here. I'll start us off. Please. Uh, the game that I was at, the Lions were saved by red zone defense. Rivers takes the snap. Three-man rush for Detroit. Rivers, long look into the end zone. It is intercepted by the Lions. Intercepted by Darius Slay. He's got it. Picked it off in the end zone. Oh, Darius, young man, you did it again. You did it again. Uh, Dan Miller. So remind me again, was that the Lions call or the Chargers Was that money? Call? I d- uh, didn't sound like money. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, this was a game. This was a weird game. Uh, and this is a game looking at, you know, from the Chargers side of things. You come into this game with no Michael, Michael Badgley, your kicker. Right. Uh, Russell Cunha, your left tackle, is not playing. Obviously, Melvin Gordon's not there. Um, uh, Hunter Henry's not playing. Mike Williams is out there on, on one leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to the defensive side of the ball. Everybody knows about Derwin James not being there. And then during the game, uh, his backup, Adrian Phillips, ends up breaking his arm. He's out of the game. Michael Davis, your starting corner, does not play. I mean, it was just a, a litany of, of injuries and guys not playing in this game. And yet... The Chargers, for the most part, have dominated yeah. this football game and moving the ball in the second half up and down the field, but had nothing to show for it. And that's why my takeaway was this red zone defense. How many times do you see you get a big player, you get down inside uh, the five-yard line or down inside the red zone, and you almost see a fait accompli w- with the defense, and then it just kind of gets in the end zone. When you look at the Lions, you know, Austin Eckler tried to leap over the pile for the second time. Uh, first time he scored, second time the Lions meet him, force the fumble at the one-yard line, and then at the, the play you just listened to with Darius Slay uh, picking off a ball in the end zone. I mean, those, those, that's the football game right. right there. And it shows you the importance of you can give up yardage, and we'll talk about this in another game coming up, but you can give up all the yardage you want between the 20s. Man, if you can buckle down, get stops, and in this case, even turnovers, you win a football game. Deej, does this, I mean, 
look, we know where Matt Patricia came from. Does that not feel like a Patriots defense no, from a few years you ago? You know what I mean? There you go. The top five in scoring defense the last five years for a reason, right? Patriots are. I mean, that's what it felt like to me when I was watching that game. Like, they're just finding a way to keep points off the board, you know? And uh, you're absolutely right there. That was well, it also helps when the, when, when the uh, backup kicker, you know. Yeah, we missed two field goals. Guy, yeah. Yeah, he misses two two field goals and and you have to. I almost kind of wonder you try and climb inside Philip Rivers' head a little bit on that interception if he's sitting there thinking, hey, if I don't put this thing in the end zone, I don't want to put this this ball in the hands of a, of our backup kicker. I you know I don't want to make excuses for Rivers, but that um, it was kind of a it was a interesting decision to try and attack on that play right there instead sure. of playing conservative. Sure, uh, I'm with you on that as well. Uh, all now, right, I'll get, take you want me to take us to two. Get us going here. What do you got? Kellen yep. Moore will be a head coach in 2020. Prescott under center, second down six. With a play fake to Elliott. He's got a lot of time deep to the middle. He's got a man to the middle of the field. It's caught, and it's in for the touchdown to Devin Smith. How about that? Well, that's another story. Devin Smith? What? <laughs> back in the, back in the end zone for the first back- time since, like, 2015? <laughs> I'm so glad I can. I'm, I'm. I'm still held on to that report. It's under my bed right okay. now. Okay, all I've right. Hidden it for, for from sight, but I could be reemerging at some point in time. Um, with you on that one. What was he second round to the Jets? In a few, a few, oh yeah, yeah, second oh, yeah, round of the Jets, right? Pick. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to some Kellen idiot. Moore. Some idiot said he was kind of like Deshaun Jackson, but I don't know who that idiot was. Well, we saw it at Ohio State. Uh, look, you, all you can go off yeah, is the tape. Geez. So here we go. Um, the, the tagline there is, look, unfortunate for the Cowboys, unless, of course, he ends up taking Jason Garrett's place. But, I mean, look, Kellen Moore, in his first season calling plays, has called two terrific games. Look at this one uh, just this week against the Redskins. Outside of a rough first quarter for Dak Prescott, also credit to him for bouncing back in that one uh, after the interception, he was near perfect. 30 attempts for Dak Prescott. You know the story. When he goes over 30, it's trouble. Uh, 25 total touches for Ezekiel Elliott, 23 rushes. He goes over 100. I mean, it it is as perfect a balance as you could ask for if you're a Cowboys fan uh, or a Cowboys uh, member of that organization because that's how how they win football games. And he's done it in both both of these games, really. And, I mean, Dak finishes the game on 18 straight completions. You think he's comfortable in this offense? Uh, and they're, they've got ex- they're way more explosive this year, DJ, than they were a year ago, especially in the past game. Uh, and obviously that's a credit to some of the personnel they have. But, man, um, now you don't get those opportunities to have that perfect balance without pretty good defense. And they, they had that against Washington, too. You hold a team under 260 total yards in this league, you're doing something right. Um, so they did that. Look, it took them six weeks to score nine offensive touchdowns a year ago. They've already got that mark through mm. two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not going to argue with anything you just said. In fact, uh, <laughs> Orlovsky had tweeted out something uh, about Kellen, and obviously he's known Kellen and played with him. Um, so I, I went back, and I'm like, I know, I know I've talked about Kellen Moore going to be a head yeah. coach in this league. So I, I like looked in Twitter, found it. Um, so it was an original that tweet one from Ian Rappaport. And it said, uh, one possibility for the Cowboys, something that allows the John Kitna interest to make sense, is to promote fast-rising uh, QB coach Callum Moore to offensive coordinator. At least that's in the discussion. So this is, gosh, this is on uh, in January. And so I retweeted that, and I said, I've mentioned this before. 
Kellen Moore is a rising star. He'll be in the mix for head coaching gigs, college football or NFL, in the very near future. And the first comment underneath that is Orlovsky, who who writes 100%, like exclamation yeah, 100, point. Yeah. So I texted it to Orlovsky, and I said, buddy, like, look, we're going to all hear when we're wrong, man. So when we get something you, you, you right, do let's it. cherish this. <laughs> you let's do enjoy it. this right now. Well, so, <laughs> but no, he fits, the, he fits my checklist. Yeah. So when people talk to me about – you know, future head coaches, and I just kind of look at some of the guys that have been successful in this new wave of coaches. Think about how, how many things these guys have in common. Um, and you look at, okay, former quarterback who's been around um, successful systems Winner. and successful, yeah. been mentored by successful coaches and been a part of winning organizations. But, I mean, you can kind of look at, you know, Sean Payton, who had been under Parcells, former quarterback, innovative, knows how to coach that position. Obviously, Sean McVay is at the top of that list. Um, Doug Peterson is another one on that list. So trying to – Matt Nagy's another one who, you know, obviously things haven't gone as well this year as they were last year, but kind of fits that. All these guys are fitting that profile. And Kellen Moore is like literally the poster child for this right. having you know played the position uh been around chris peterson at the college level who was very innovative very creative and then all the time he spent in the nfl as a backup i mean it's like this he's gonna be he's gonna be a court the, the other one's gonna be is kafka kafka's with the yeah, chiefs with coaching the chiefs. quarterbacks we talked about that last quarterback year quarterback from northwestern right yes right. these guys it's like you can pick them out of a lineup well and for more like if Zach Taylor and Cliff Kingsbury got jobs after never calling plays in the NFL before last year, There's no, yeah. Kellen Moore is going to get a, a head coaching job next year. Book it. No, it's happening. I, yeah. I, selfishly, I kind of was hoping he would go to college because I'd like to see him I'd uh, love really, to really see that. creative. Yeah. One of the great college quarterbacks there in Kellen Moore. But you're right. The Cowboys are rolling. Interested to see what happens to this injury news here uh, on Michael Gallup. I'm sure we'll get an update on that yeah. later on in the day. But uh, he's off to a good start. Hopefully he's all right. All right. Let's get to the next one here. I uh, want to keep things positive. Sometimes it's hard, Rhett. Miami, they might run the table, dot, 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 in reverse. Now Fitzpatrick on oh. third and two, rolling right, and he throws in traffic, intercepted, picked off by Gilmore, who is gone. Right down the middle, 25-20, goodbye to the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots! Oh, boy. So I'm doing the Charger game, Rhett, and I'm, uh, it's, the, it's uh, a break in the action. So I pull up my computer and say, let me see what's going on around the NFL. Look at some scores here. So I see the lopsided score in Miami, and I just click on the little team stats, right? Let's see sure. what's going on here. And I tweet it out. Through three quarters, Miami's offense, 28 plays, 38 yards. I mean, that is next-level futility, man. If you were, if you were trying to uh, – I'll avoid the, the T word. I'll say if you're trying to increase your odds of securing the first <laughs> overall pick, they are off to an incredible start uh, down there in Miami. DJ, I'm, why is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to I didn't see any three? of it. How is it possible that Josh it. Rosen is this bad in practice to where he cannot start for this team? Like, is that, I mean, that's got to be what we're talking about here, right? That's the only reason why he's not playing is he's not performing in practice, right? Well, look. I know they've got I, bigger problems. I know they've got bigger problems. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they don't want to hurt the kid. carnivals, Rhett. Yeah. Normally when you go to a carnival um, or a, maybe a kid's party, you can sign up to hit the pinata. I never had an opportunity to sign up to be the pinata. And that is what they're doing right there at the quarterback position. Uh, Josh Rosen might be like, hey, you know what, Ryan? Hey, go get him, pal. I'll let yeah. you go ahead and take that beating. I'll just wait for my next team. Right. That's the only other possible conceivable option is that, look, they're like, look, we're just we're not good enough for, you know, Rosen to come in here and just get thrown into the, you know, into the lion's den. I mean, that's 
That's the only other thing I can think of. Seven sacks. <laughs> what, Yikes. four picks? Not, not, not good. Right, let's not. All right, we won't yeah, dwell on it's, it. It's, a, it's just a really bad team. I, I, don't wanna, I just wanted to get that out there that this is, you know, it's just some irony there with the, obviously the 72 Dolphins. Yeah. And, uh, and then they could go the other way. The streak continues for New England. They have not allowed a touchdown in three straight games going back to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, they've given up six points in the last three games. How's that defense working out for you? Pretty solid. All right, I'll get Jeez. us to takeaway number four, shall I? And that is that the Colts will not go quietly. Now it's fourth down and two, and this is the game with 15 seconds left to go. Here we go. Mariota backs to throw, throws left side, and it's incomplete. It's incomplete on a slant pattern to A.J. Brown. Quincy Wilson on coverage for the Colts, and the Colts are going to win it. The Colts will win in week two. So this is this is interesting to me because the Colts, the Colts are just a tough team, man. And I feel like the Colts and the Titans yeah. are very similar. They're two tough teams. They're not going to be super flashy, although you know the Colts obviously had a ton of chunk plays against the Chargers in week one. But they're just a tough-minded team. They're always going to be competitive. Their defense kept it close enough in the second half so that the only points that the Colts scored in the second half were the ones to go ahead and, and take the go-ahead lead. Obviously, they had the Vinatieri extra point issues, which caused some some trouble for them, you know, in the early part of this game, trying to keep things uh, together. But and that'll be a storyline, obviously, that we're going to watch throughout the day. Uh, a lot of speculation on whether it's it's time for Vinatieri to hang it up and whether he's thinking about that. But look, I, I just I think if you let the Colts hang around, it, it is it, it's going to bite you. They are going to come back. And Jacoby Brissett, you know, yeah, he's no Andrew Luck, but man, he's he's doing what his team needs him to do to be put in a position to win football games. I think now that Jacoby Brissett's there instead of Andrew Luck, and I look at these two teams in this division, and it's 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 appropriate that this was a nineteen to seventeen game. That's what, because yeah. they are darn near carbon copy of each other. That's what I'm and saying. to me, they they feel they feel ret to me like a high floor, low ceiling operation. Which means this these teams feel to me like nine, yep. maybe even ten win teams, <laughs> uh, potential postseason teams that absolutely nobody's going to be afraid to play once they get into the postseason. Uh, right. Because they're going to be physical, they're going to be in every single football game. They're going to play a lot of close games, but once you get into the postseason. Nine times out of ten, you're going to see the elite quarterbacks. You're going to see the elite pass rush um, kind of elevate their teams. And I just don't think that either one of these teams are elite in those areas. So uh, that, to me, is going to be you know the challenge for them. I, I, look, it's um, it's it's a physical brand of football. I like watching it because it's a it's an old school approach and just kind of mash people. Especially yeah. you know when the Titans get Taylor Lewan back, that'll help them uh, become even more physical. But I just I don't know where the ceiling is um, for these teams. I think you put it perfectly there. They're they're so similar. They're you know they're probably nine win teams that might sneak into the playoffs. I think week thirteen will have a great idea of where both of these teams stands when they play each other again. And it's going to be like, well, one's either going to push forward and one's going to kind of start to settle back uh, at that point. But uh, that's going to be an interesting division. I, yeah, really, I just like yeah. look at that. Look at the the conference though. Like you talk about the division, yeah, and you start right. talking about okay. And you start seeing the Chiefs and the Patriots and even the Chargers, like these teams have a chance to be explosive, like really explosive offensively, and uh, they can get after you. Um, yeah, there's a pretty big drop-off. At least, you know, the, the Patriots, the way they're playing defense right now is on a completely other level. So, anyway, so it'll, be, uh, it'll be interesting to watch that race take place in that division. I think it's going to be a very competitive division from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the AFC, uh, let's get over to the Baltimore Ravens and the, uh, the offensive show they've put on for two weeks. Uh, my takeaway, Mark Andrews, uh, he's really emerging as an elite tight end. 
at the Arizona 27. Hollywood Brown goes in motion, sweeps behind Lamar Jackson, who pumps to the right, looking for the end zone, fires down the sideline. He's got Mark Andrews. Touchdown, Ravens! Mark Andrews wide open down on the sideline. So that was almost like a switch route there. You see a lot of those verticals, and you'll see him uh, switch. It almost looks like a scissors, and that was one that they Love hit this. Andrews on that touchdown. But going back and watching that tape, Rhett, I think I sent you a, a text this morning. We're going to talk about it on the aftermath. Um, but the uh, the fact that uh, Andrews was a key part when they went empty. So he had eight catches in this game. Four of those catches, half of them, came when they emptied out the formation, and they let him just go to work in the middle of the field. It's a nice, simple read, simple throw for Lamar Jackson, um, and they were able to, to tear people up. Actually, Lamar missed a couple other opportunities uh, where they were an empty working in the middle of the field. But um, this is a player, Mark Andrews. Look, they, they have so many tight ends, and you look at Andrews for eight for, for 112. Nick Boyle caught a ball in this game. Yep. Um, you look at uh, Hurst Hurst a touchdown, caught a touchdown in this game. A, yeah. So they can get a lot of guys a lot of guys out and uh, and make things happen with that tight end position. And and real quick on the quarterback, Lamar, you saw you saw, you know, pick your poison, right? Last uh, last week the Miami Dolphins, they they tried to sell out, play zero coverage and force him to throw. Hollywood Brown, they hit some big plays and he was outstanding. This week they decide, okay, we're gonna try and uh, we're gonna Sit try and take away bit. Mark Ingram. Yeah. We're going to play back on you. And yeah. so, look, Lamar missed some throws, but he also had, had, had you know, some big-time throws in the middle of the field as well as even outside the numbers. And then you saw what he can do running the football, 16 for a buck 20. You want to take away Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson's going to eat. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very difficult offense to prepare for in Baltimore. I do want to couch it with this one thing. You've played the team with the first pick this year, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who you just played. And you've the team beaten the team who's going to have next. the first pick next year in the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> so uh, they're going to step up. And they're, yeah. gonna, they're not just stepping up in, uh, in competition. They're stepping all the way up when you look at them uh, going to take on the Chiefs next week. I cannot wait for that one. Oh, man, is that going to be fun? I, I'm absolutely with you on that. And look, Andrews, eight catches on nine targets. You know, I mean, like every time I see that, yeah. the, the catch target efficiency is so impressive. Uh, and, and, and for Lamar, I... <laughs> I mean, 120 yards rushing after just three yards rushing a week ago. He just he just proves yeah. that he might be a little bit like the Patriots are as an offense. You know, like let me know like, which way you want me to play, and I'll I'll beat you. <laughs> you know, I'll figure out a way. No I'll question. be a chameleon. No question. So that was cool. Uh, all right, I'll get us back to takeaway. Uh, another takeaway here. It's the Seahawks are still dangerous. Russell takes the snap. Looks far side. He's going to throw downfield. He's got Metcalf. He's got a touchdown. Seahawks. DK Metcalf one-on-one down the far sidelines. Good luck. Perfect pass by Russell Wilson. Metcalf is another story that I will get to here in just a second. But if there was any doubt about the Seahawks after week one where they were held under 200 passing, under 100 rushing, they answered the bell this week on the road against Pittsburgh. Uh, Russ was nearly flawless, uh, almost a perfect passer rating. Plus, defense was way better this week for Seattle. They allowed just under 260 uh, total yards. So, um, look, I it, it was not, you know, one of those dominating um, ground performances that we've seen from Seattle, but they did enough to eat up some clock, put themselves in a good position to allow Russell to go for 300 through the air. And I just, like, you know, he answers the he, they answer the bell. Russ Russ is there when they need him to make plays, and he did that down the stretch. Uh, and I'm, I just they're going to be in the mix. They're going. There's no way you, you can ever count this Seahawks team out. 
Yeah, and they're they're a combination of three things. Um, they're physical, they're efficient, and they're explosive. Yeah. And that is a dangerous combination to, to use your danger, Russ. And they're uh, getting uh, more yeah, look, explosive with DK. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and DK, uh, you know, look, DK still he's still not somebody who's going to run every route on the route tree. You don't need him to. Right. We talk about building a basketball team. He is your power forward. You saw what he could do after the catch. You saw him get vertical from the slot on that touchdown. Um, he actually made a nice adjustment down the field. Now, is he is he going to be able to drop his weight, get in and out of breaks, and run comebacks and curls in a real efficient manner? No. You've got other guys to to do that to supply that in in their individual roles. But he is going to play a very important role for this football team uh and it's going to be fun to watch i thought you know so so much success is predicated on fit and that is a perfect fit with dk metcalf russell wilson in this offense and he dominates the afc north by the way 19 touchdowns to one interception in his career against the afc north (laughs) something about it man and you want to talk about you know we say the afc north is a toughness division a russ kind of took that personally it sounds like Hey, no doubt. He was outstanding. Yeah. All right, next one uh, for me. Uh, Jimmy G threw three. Touchdowns, that is. Play action. They boot Garoppolo. Dunlap is there. A throwback left. Wide open. Marquise Goodwin's got it. Touchdown! San Francisco! And wide open. What a play call. It's hard for me not to hear touchdown. You're waiting for that waiting Raiders for the- to just roll off his tongue. Right. Right. And then he's uh, he's gone over across the bay to the uh, to the 49ers. But uh, look, this is a team. I'm uh, I don't want to say I'm not rooting for them, but man, I put a lot of uh, I lot, put a lot of my credibility on the line, saying I think this team's got a chance to be a really really good football team. Not only a, a playoff team, but somebody you wouldn't necessarily want to play in the postseason, right? Uh, because of their improved quarterback play with Jimmy being healthy finally, as well as their improved pass rush, which is the you know that's kind of the pillars of championship football in my opinion. I think this team's got a chance to be really good. I know, look, the Bengals, um, they were competitive last week with the Seahawks, but low expectations for them. But I love Kyle Shanahan as a play caller. Mm. I love some of the pieces they have in place. And they, this this run game, Rhett, I'm telling you, it is the it is the run scheme that everybody in the NFL studies. It's the Kyle Shanahan, obviously coming down from his father. Yep. He runs it better than anybody else, and they are uh, they are rolling right now. Unfortunately, the Joe Staley injury takes a little bit of the, the shine yeah, off of this fibula. win. But um, this is a team that this is the this is a team that's got a chance to be really good. Well, and it's not how we drew it up either. You know, it's not McKinnon and Coleman. It's Mostert and Breida. You know, I mean, I mean that that that's a. Credit. How about Jeff Wilson? Well, sure, sure, throw him in the mix too. But uh, I mean, like they did things in this Two game. Touchdowns. That, they did things in this game that we were talking about. You know, Ingram and Kamara doing all season long, which is which is pretty yeah. darn impressive. A year ago for the Saints, 259 yards rushing. No question that that is the envy of the league. And then I love seeing Debo Samuel get into the end zone. And they're still missing two guys that can be some. You know real role players for him. Obviously, Trent Taylor is a pretty good darn player in the slot. And then, yeah. you know, I, I'm just waiting to see what Kyle Shanahan wants to do with Jalen Hurd when he gets healthy, right? Because we saw it a yeah. little bit in the preseason. He's one of those kind of gadget kind of, you know, he's got a lot of different ways that he, that he can be used. So that I think we, we haven't even really scratched the surface of the potential for this team yet. They have almost 600 yards I'm of total offense. I'm with you. And they get... Yeah, they're going to get they're going to get Nick Bosa healthy, too. And yeah. uh, I was talking to somebody in the league... Um, who uh, was talking to one of their offensive linemen for the 49ers, and he said, 
And he was asking him about Nick Bosa, and he said, oh, my gosh. He said, this guy is going to be a major problem for this league, you know, as he gets healthy. When he yep. was healthy in camp, we could not block him. Um, and, and I've talked to people in the, in the personnel department there with the Niners who said the same thing. So if they can just get him healthy and rolling, telling you, man, this is a good football team. It's uh, kind of been uh, had the injury bug, you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah. If they can get healthy, stay healthy, this is a dangerous team. Yeah, I just hope they can recover from the, the Joe Staley loss. There there actually isn't the left tackle oh. listed behind him on their death chart. <laughs> but uh That's not great. Yeah. Not uh, great. By the way, by the way, the fact that the fact that I did not have any uh, issue with your whole um, you know, danger rust pun. Oh, come then, on. And then you give me a you give me the the, <laughs> the ridiculous Jimmy G through three response. Wait, wait. Uh that's that's the low blow, man. I got another one for you. Houston, we okay. avoided a problem. Hey-o. Jacksonville going for the lead right here from the two-yard line. Minshew with the gun, three receivers left. Handoff Fournette running left, and he stopped. Justin Reed got in there. The D stiffens on the two-point conversion try. The Texans have the lead, 13-12 with 30 seconds left. See, look, I love Mark Vandermeer. I thought he's a little subdued on that call. Like, that's the, that's the game right there. I know. You know? Um, but, uh, look... Look I, at you! You're doing you're doing play by play now. You're, no, no, you're kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Mark's one, Mark is is one of the absolute best in the business. You hear that, Mark? So hear that? No, but look, you know, friend Rhett probably it, probably had here. to probably had to just make sure that that thing didn't actually get across the goal line, right? It's like it's hard to be you know 100 percent <laughs> over the top when you're not 100 percent that that thing's going to stand. So uh, that was a huge play. I mean, Justin Reed absolutely saved that ball game on the second effort by Fournette. Uh, but what I loved, what I loved about it was that we saw Houston's defense win a game. You know, I mean, a week ago I was like, "Whoa, where, you know, where is this?" And obviously, the Saints are a good offense, but a week yeah. ago I was like, "Man, you know, in a big spot, you got to be able to count on a defense that has that many, you know, high-profile marquee players like they do." So, you know, that was a little concerning. And look, you can't if you're Houston, you cannot be zero and two after you started 0-3 last year. I know they went on a nine-game win streak, but like you just yeah. can't keep digging your hole, digging yourself a hole and expect to get out of it. Uh, and look, Deshaun Watson is going to have better football games uh, than, than what we saw in week two, and that I'm not worried about. But I f- it felt good for me to see the Houston Texans' defense rise to the occasion. No doubt. Uh, again, I, I said it earlier, I think this is a very competitive division that's going to come uh, right down to the end of the season. And I think even Jacksonville you know, has got a chance to, to rebound. They're going to be competitive, and they're not uh, – uh, they're not going to punt the season. So I think it's going to be a fun division to uh, to monitor as we go through the rest of the year. Yeah. It is weird, though, watching that Houston defense without Clowney. Uh, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's have, the same punch. I'm right? not used to it yet. Yep. Yeah. Not not the same punch. All right. We need a right. Uh, we need a reliever. Bring in, let's bring in Buck. Let's bring in the closer. All right. So I'm in. I'm yes. back in the game. Yes. He's back. back. There he is. I'm closer. Now I'm, Mar- we're talking. I'm, I'm Mariano Rivera. And so I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to kind of finish it off. Uh, show um, us what you got. What's your cutter? Well, my, my cutter. Like, what I'm, we got here, bro? I'm coming high and hot. I'm going to say the Saints need more grit. <laughs> Jared Goff brings nice. his team to the line with Gurley behind him. He takes the snap. He tosses left. Gurley behind his block. Sprinting to the left side. And in. Touchdown, Todd Gurley. Touchdown, L.A. Hey, look, it, it, as well as the Rams played, and I, I thought they did a, a, a really solid job of kind of taking control of the game when they're, 
the game was there for them. I think we have to talk about the Saints and the Saints being able to show a little level of resiliency. We knew with all the bad calls that have affected them that there was a bit of a carryover effect. And I still feel like when bad things go against them, they have a tough time of getting out of their own way. Mm. Uh, The Cam Jordan bad call, look, it should have been a touchdown. Um, They should have been reviewable. I understand all of that. But at some point, the Saints have to be able to dig down and kind of fight through the adversity that is thrown their way. Drew Brees goes out and all the other stuff. I just would like to see them cut down on some of the penalties and find a way to kind of be a grinded out team. And I feel like Sean Payton alluded to that a little bit in his postgame presser. Starts with him too, though, right? Yeah. I thought that. Oh, no, I think I think there's definitely some blame there. Buck, I, I, when I looked at this game, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the tape on this one yet. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, but the two things and, and just, you know, reading everything and watching what I was able to see on TV um, didn't run the ball as well as I would have thought, especially after Breeze went down. It's nice when you have a good offensive line, which they do a mm-hmm. very good offensive yeah. line. I like the offensive line, be able to carry you a little bit, get that run game cranked up. They weren't able to do that. And then just defensively, you talk about more grit. And I, I look, early in the season to be expected, but the tackling wasn't good, man. No. The, the tackling was not good. So when you can't run the ball, you're not tackling well, that's a problem. Uh, guys, I think we need to just take a second here and read this statement that Mike Tomlin just released on Ben Roethlisberger. Had an MRI on his right elbow Sunday evening and was determined by the Steelers medical team that surgery will be required. We expect the surgery will be scheduled for this week. He is out for the season. Mm. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's big. So it's funny. Like, wow. And, and I'm not a medical expert, but when he was holding it, for some reason, when I'm watching the game, I'm like, man, I wonder if he's going to have to have Tommy John. I said the same thing this morning. I it just have it to have had Tommy, that. The way that he was yep. holding it, I was like, man, I wonder, like, I wonder if this is a Tommy John situation because every throw he was having to go back and kind of rub on it and right. touch it and shake it out and the like. And it just reminded me of when you see pictures and it goes like. Yeah. It, and, and look, we, and we don't, they're not saying exactly what it is, but uh, that's, I mean, to be out for this season. You know, right away for the surgery. You know, uh, yeah. you know it's a it's a it's, it's, a, it's a, a significant deal, significant injury. All right, Mason, what you got? So I I, I will say this, like, wow. and, and we can wow. get back to the Saints, but yeah. I'll say this about Mason Rudolph. I thought Mason Rudolph did a, a pretty solid job when he came in, considering he didn't have a lot of practice time. Um, he got it, but I'm gonna be honest, and and maybe we all kind of fed into the thing like addition by subtraction, or whatever. But when I look at this wide receiver core with Juju and the like. These guys leave a lot of balls on the ground, like a lot of drop passes, a lot of Mockery. things. I mean, oh. like, just, why are we still throwing the ball? Like, like, like a lot of things yeah. that you expect them to be able to do. I hate to say, hey, you remove 84 and everyone kind of falls apart, but they're not playing at a level that they can uplift and elevate a quarterback. And so Mason Rudolph played well enough to get them a winning performance, but he has to get the other guys to pick it up. I agree. That's what I mentioned at the top of the show when we were just kind of talking about, you know, whether this was going to happen with Big Ben. You know, we weren't, weren't quite sure at that point. And then as we're doing this thing, you know, we learned that he's out for the season. So it's Mason Rudolph here from week three on for the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a tough stretch, as DJ mentioned. And, but I'm with you, man. They, I mean, he showed that the moment was not big, too big for him. No, he, he, he did a pretty good job. I bet they wish they had probably held on to Josh Dobbs a little bit before. Uh, right. Now like, who's like, your backup? Like, like yeah. moving in because who, who's your backup and what do you do? What do you do? In that regard, uh, it's tough sledding in Pittsburgh coming down the pipe. Especially when you're not running You know what's well. interesting, guys, is yeah. – oh, no doubt. But when you look at this, I mean, I just – you think about that 04 quarterback class, right, with uh, with 
Eli Manning, yep. Rivers, Roethlisberger. Now you've got Roethlisberger done for the year. Eli Manning, I mean, the paper's already calling uh, for Daniel Jones to replace him. Uh, you know, uh, Philip had just he, Philip just had one bad decision the other day, but he, yeah. he's he's still going to be fine. But you've got Breeze, who's older, who now he's going to miss a bunch of time. Look, there's a reason, and I know, like, Ben got upset. Remember how upset he got when they took Mason Rudolph? Oh, we could have got somebody that could really yeah. help our football team right now, uh, something along those lines. Man, as an organization, when you've got an older quarterback, it's it's negligent if you don't try and prepare for this situation. Now, I give I give the Saints credit for you know they believed in Teddy Bridgewater. They gave him top dollar as a mm-hmm. backup to prepare themselves in case something were to happen uh, with Drew Brees. Now, the jury's still out on that whether or not you know, uh, Teddy is going to live up I, to the money that they gave him. The, the Chargers went I'm out and got Tyrod oh, Taylor. I missed it. Okay. Who, who gave him? Who gave him some? Uh, you know, gave Tyrod Taylor a good bit of money to protect themselves against something yeah. uh, w- with Rivers. And so it's it's fascinating. We've had so many of these, these old quarterbacks, and of course the guy in New England is just uh, he's like he's like a rubber band, just chopping you can away. Pull him and stretch him any way you want, but he ain't he ain't going anywhere. It, it it is unbelievable because DJ um for for so long the quarterback had been like, oh, you know, it's like a 10-year position. And we got to this point where we started viewing it like as a, oh, I want my quarterback to play 20 years. And that's, I mean, we've never been in pro sports where we've seen guys count on players playing 15 to 20 years. And so I do wonder if this would kind of bring us back um, to reality. Like, hey, when we make that franchise quarterback decision, we can think about one contract, two contracts, and maybe a third. But when they get to that third contract, you need to start thinking about, who is the next quarterback? Because you can't count on the guy to be your franchise yeah. quarterback for 20-plus years. Well, and the Saints Saints have been doing this for years now. I mean, you go back, what was it, four years ago, they drafted yes. Garrett Grayson in the third round. Trying, trying to find guys. They signed yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, trading for Teddy Bridgewater, um, and then uh, signing him again. And uh, just by the way, Garofolo, um, our pal here in NFL Network, said he was on the phone with the team personnel when the Roethlisberger news broke, said, obviously, huge loss because of his experience and what he's done. But with the way Mason Rudolph played in the preseason and yesterday, they'll be in better shape than a lot of other teams would be, at, just, mm-hmm. to, just to your point there, uh, Deej. So, tough Were for Roethlisberger. Were you source, by the way? No, I was no. not. I was not. <laughs> I was not. I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I was. Uh, I, look, I talked to Mason a bunch this preseason. Wow. He's been feeling it, man. He's been feeling really good about it. So, um, nice. I, you know, I hate that he this gets is this, his opportunity. Opportunity this way. If yeah. he plays well, if he plays well, I mean, I would say – I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but if he plays well, I mean, isn't this the time you kind of would turn the page if you're the Pittsburgh Yeah, I, look. He plays well throughout this string. You're not going to bring Ben back and, oh, and, and give just pay him. him next year. Yeah, it's a two-year two, two year thing, though, right? Pay, it wasn't a huge yeah. deal uh, year-wise. We gave him money. Wise. We just gave him big money, we DJ. Did. We did. Look, it's kind of like the Peyton Manning thing, I, you know? I, I'm just telling you, man. The injury presented team, an opportunity. At some point in time, you go you, – we're, we're, look, obviously seeing it to the extreme with Miami – Right. But where's the place you don't want to be? It's stuck in the middle. You know, nope. you're either chasing championships or oh. you are rebuilding. Right. Yep. Um, being stuck in the middle is no bueno. Nah, you're, you're right. All right, should we get back on track here, Buck? Let's get back, let's get back on track. Yep. It's, it's Buck, a, you got another one? Yeah, I got another one. The Falcons' playmakers carry the load. Play clock at three. Play clock at two. Shotgun snap comes in on fourth down. Ryan throws left side. Julio Jones with the catch. Got a block. Uh-oh. And Jones on the loose to the 40. Breaks away at the 30. Down the left sideline to the 10. Looks over his shoulder at the five. And flies in for six. 53 yards. Julio Jones takes it the distance. And the Falcons take a 23-20 lead with 2-10 to play. 
Man, you got to like that, huh? You got to like when your playmakers <laughs> go up big. Fourth down, you need a play. You're able to throw a jailbreak screen. Golly. Julio Jones, and he goes the distance. But I think the thing that is more impressive is not just Julio Jones doing what he does. We expect that from him. But Calvin Ridley showing up, giving them 100 yards. Um, two 100-yard receivers on the day. Being able to kind of spread it around and do those things and listen to Calvin Ridley after the game, just talking about how much he has learned from Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu and how those guys are pros and they've kind of set the table for him. He's just trying to do whatever he can do to help the team win. For the Falcons, when I look at this team, I would like to think that they can be a physical team, but at the end of the day, they're going to be a finesse outfit. Their wide receivers are going to be the guys that kind of carry the load because we haven't seen Freeman be the same guy that we saw a couple years ago. Right. We need to see the Falcons kind of lean on their wide receivers until the running game steps up. So they may be a team that literally passes to set up the run. Yeah. Um, and kind of they're, they're able to do it in a, in a different situation uh, in the NFC South. Hey, we got to include Jake Matthews in that list of playmakers. You see that block he I mean, laid great, on that jail, block, jailbreak screen? Time, I mean, yeah. it was it was like almost a block in the back, but <laughs> it wasn't just enough to spring Julio. That was huge. Big play. Got to like the big play. Yeah, look. They they went the the Eagles went aggressive on that play call and I watched the tape this morning. You can see literally that whole uh, second half his hands go up on his yeah. on his headset like this as soon as he saw that ball completed. Like oh no oh yeah. Uh, and then there. the other thing is a great example, Buck. This is a you ought to clip this for your high school team and show them the importance of pursuit angles because yes that was going to be a first down. It was a brilliant play call, but the backside defenders took such horrible angles. angles. Instead of being a first down, it's a touchdown and that that to me we talked earlier buck uh when we were talking about the chargers lions game um how the lions you know making two plays in the red zone you know save their save the game for yeah when they, in a football game so you, if you can just get julio jones on the ground there maybe you know who knows yeah they're always trying to give yourself a chance and it's funny you talked about the Chargers game because they did show up the fact that the lions were able to get austin eckler down and was it jackson that also broke out they were able to kind of Rally him down or some of those plays. Oh, yeah, well, Austin Eckler fumbled at the one jumping in, and then uh, and then you have a pick in the end zone at the end of the game. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Darius Slay, bad, huge, bad throw. Huge yeah, swings, yeah. Like being, yep. a, being able to get no doubt. those things out. But, yeah, it, it is all about angles or whatever. But I will say this. Um, the Eagles, I give the Eagles a ton of credit because all of their playmakers are on the shelf. Like they're, they're done or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if not for and Nelson Aguilar drop pass, like who knows, they probably could have maybe should have won yeah, I was going this game. Sense. I mean – so it's it's tough, but Carson Wentz, the playmakers, they still have the connection with Zach Irks. Um, they're able to make plays. It's just a matter of finding the rhythm. The thing that I believe all these teams are trying to do the first month of the season is kind of find out who you are and what your identity is on offense and defense. Yeah, and, and look, the last thing I'll say on the, on the Eagles is, look, I know they had the injuries to Jeffrey and to Jackson uh, during the game, but how long do you feel like the Eagles can continue to live and die both with the good and bad of Carson Wentz's risk-taking with the throws and then the possibility of him getting banged up in one of those plays. I mean, like, this looks – this. if we were talking about him trying to protect himself a little bit more this year compared to – it doesn't look that way to me. And I know he's got to play his way, man, but that's dangerous. It is, it is dangerous. I, I think the big thing um, Doug Peterson and that staff has to figure out – they got to figure out a way to balance up the way they approach it. Like, they have to have a semblance of a running game to be able to offset it. So when Carson is throwing, he's able to throw uh, when they want to throw, not when they have to throw. Uh, the pitch count for him, I still say 30 to 32 throws. I wouldn't like him to get 
much north of that yeah. just because you have to kind of protect him against himself. And the more that you drop back to throw, the more susceptible he's going to be to kind of make one of those risky plays and kind of expose himself to a big shot that he doesn't need to be exposed to. There was a few of them in that game, though. Yeah, I'll leave on that one, you guys. I thought yeah. the uh, I thought actually Carson, man, if you if you include some of the drops and throw those oh, he, yard, the yardage look. totals in there, I thought he made some big time plays. Sure man, did. He, he's there's some Super Bowl. There, I mean, there's some not Super. Bowl, there's some MVP uh, type plays in there. You're seeing that version of him come out, but they didn't have a run longer than five yards in this game. So they have got to find a way uh, to run the football. All right, football is back. Watch live and local primetime NFL games for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet plus get all your latest breaking news highlights and more download the nfl app or the yahoo sports app in your app store or at nfl.com slash mobile today certain restrictions and data rates may apply uh buck uh we're gonna run out of here but i do want uh, once we finish up here uh for you to get the full story uh, since you uh, you missed it on ret getting hurt uh during an uber oh, ride God. which is which oh, is challenging to say the least. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I've been able to persevere yep. and just kind of push through. You know? <laughs> the, Uber, calling the Army game and watching those guys play really inspired me. So, yeah. How about that? I taped yeah, it. That's right. That's I right. taped <laughs> it. I taped a game. I taped a game because I like Army. And yeah. So there you go. I get a chance to hear you on the call. I'm excited about it. Oh, man. That's well, big. There we go. Well, there we that's go. Big. Uh, still can't feel All my right. thumb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. Remember, yeah. you can uh, check out Move the Sticks a podcast on uh, NFL com, NFL.com slash podcast, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app, and be on the lookout. Our uh, our podcast, the remainder of this week, I think we might focus on a little game that's taking place in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, uh, bring on a couple coaches. <laughs> Mac Brown from North Carolina. Eli Drinkwitz from App State as oh. the Bucky DJ Bowl takes place this Saturday, mm. Rhett, you're Switzerland. You're not allowed to take a side. Um, and, <laughs> I'm neutral. Uh, and, and we're going to really, really have fun with this one. we got to come up with uh, what's on the line here for us. We're going to come up with something good. All right, boys, let's get out of here. Thank you guys uh, for all your work. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.